Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Jim Hamblin. Hello and welcome to Social Distance. Coming at you every hour on the top of the hour from the heart of the worst time ever. <laughs> I'll give you that one. That was pretty good. I lolled. I just feel like we could clean things up around here, <laughs> make it a little more professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, true. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know if Alvin has any sound effects I could use occasionally, like a honking horn or a... Sure, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Boing! When someone says something funny. Let's see. That would be the one you choose. I'm going to do that anyway. I was trying to lighten <laughs> things up around here, you know? Oh, gosh. All right. Um, okay. So, what's the state of "quote unquote" reopening? Oh, right reopening. Now? Uh, Oops! <clears throat> now it's just autoplay. <laughs> <laughs> it's following but it was well you now. Um, well, as you might remember, in March, President Trump said we'd be uh, churches would be packed by Easter, which was April twelfth. Then has continued to say that we are going to, you know, we're on the verge constantly. Of quote unquote yeah. reopening, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm always unclear exactly what that means, and I think it's wrong as a premise. But um, some states are are sort of lifting restrictions, however loose they were to begin with. Right, and one of the things we've gotten a lot of questions about, and I have a lot of questions about, is like, what are we allowed to do now? You know, the the guidance before was just like never go anywhere. And don't be around anyone. And yeah. not only just with states reopening, but it, just with the growing recognition that this is going to be a long-term problem, seems like we have to figure out how to live with this. We're, we're, we can't just all stay inside for two years. So we got to figure out how to manage it. Um, yeah. But I think the tricky thing is, like, there's there doesn't seem to be a lot of coherent nationwide guidance on on how we're going to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and in part, that's by design, right? It's supposed to be states will do this kind of based on their own, like, level of resources and disease burden at a given time and how hard they've already been hit and et cetera. But also, instead of being like, when can we go back to doing things exactly the way we used to, Right, we, we can get real creative about, like, how do we do the things that we love in new ways. Right. Yeah. So so one of the things we've gotten lots of questions about is socializing and specifically dating. Who doesn't love dating? Many people don't love dating, especially in the internet age. Hmm. But it's still, in some ways, uh, it's a necessary evil. And people have to do it. And, like, what are relationships going to be? When you have to, at the very least, be so much more careful about being around other people. Right. 
we, we need physical presence, whether it's, you know, sexual, as the kids say, or, or completely platonic, as Plato would say. <laughs> oh, there's a new one. Oh, that's a good one, too. Oh, nice. Um, so, oh, my God. Okay. So, today we want to talk about relationships. Joe Pinsker writes for The Atlantic, and he's been doing a lot of research on lots of common questions, so we're going to have him on. But before I do, like, Jim, um, do you want to share anything about your personal life? Oh, well, I keep my personal life personal. But if the new modern paradigm, as I understand it, just from, like, listening into conversations, is to establish physical intimacy first... Mm -hmm. And then later, hope maybe something comes of that. Mm -hmm. This seems like it might have to mean a whole new way of dating, right? Where you yeah, like maybe maybe you'd have to get to know someone first. You you are saying and that, and then you're physical. I don't know how people are going to survive it. Well, uh, you're saying that snarkily, like that's the only right way to be. I'm not. I don't care. I think there are lots of ways that this can work. This is a no judgment zone here. But. This is changing that like you, you kind of have to get to know someone uh, early or, or else you're really, really rolling the dice. Well, that's the question, right? So I think the best thing we can do is provide some like go through some scenarios, both for socializing and dating, and then try to figure out like how would you go about that in this pandemic land? Um, I think Joe needs to help us with that because he's actually been doing a lot of research on various types of scenarios. Plus, he's like a he's a young dude. You and me, we're you know we're old. We're not hip. Wow. Rude. Hello. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going? Joe, Hi. thank you for joining. Jim's was just sort of pretending to be like a rush hour radio host. We can do this like game show style if you guys want. Well, we need to ask some questions that could be seen as shocking and, you know, breaking social boundaries. And sometimes maybe if you're like a, you know, shock jock and we had sound effects and like a real high energy environment, we could ask you more about dating in more comfortable ways. (laughs) Joe, I apologize in advance for everything that's about to happen. (laughs) Um, why don't you introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure. Yeah. I'm Joe Pinsker. I'm a staff writer at the Atlantic, uh, and I cover families and parenting. Very well known for eating the same lunch every single day. Yes. I didn't know this about you. What's your lunch? My lunch is bean tacos. Uh, that was my lunch. I just had bean tacos. Well, did you have it? Every day for the past no. five or six years. Ooh. Five or six years. Six wow. In any case, tell us about what you've been reporting on most recently. Sure. Yeah. the The corner of this that I have been focusing on is how people are supposed to make everyday decisions in an environment where everything seems like it comes with risks in one way or another. The human behavior side of things. Yes, absolutely. So we've gotten a lot of questions from listeners about 
two related categories of things. One is friendships, socializing, you know, who can I hang out with, how, and then also dating and relationships, which is kind of particularly fraught given its um, (laughs) connection to being physically close to other people. So, Let's give some specific examples, yeah. Jim. Why don't you Why don't you throw some out? Let's get specific. Here's my understanding of what's happening. And Joe, I know you know you're younger and hipper than I am. You probably have more single <laughs> friends. Is this true, Joe, or is Jim age discriminating on you? I don't know, Jim. How many single friends do you have? Oof. It's not about me. I think uh, <laughs> you know you you you're connected to the pulse, and I'm just wondering. Do people do anything besides going for a walk on a date right now? Or is that the thing? I think that being outdoors is sort of the main starting point for any good, safe date these days. And walking is one way to be outdoors. But there are other ways to be outdoors. Okay. Like physical presence, there's something that is communicated when we're not speaking that gets... As I understand, it's known as a vibe... Like you get a vibe from someone and you get that just by being in their physical presence, even when you're not touching or particularly close. And that's necessary in order to establish rapport. Um, but it's also weird to be that far apart, right? I don't know. It's hard to establish chemistry in that way. It's true. There's definitely yeah. something lost when you can't have those smaller up close moments. But I guess the way I would think about it is that if you can't connect with somebody over pretty good engaging conversation for a while, that person might not be the best partner for you in the long term. We're getting a bit outside of the realm of what's best for public health, but that's kind of just (laughs) my own (laughs) relationship. Well, relationships are important. People need, uh, not everyone, I mean, some people never want to leave home. is what <laughs> sorry <laughs> i think what jim is trying to ask even though it sounds like he's sort of like an alien anthropologist sort of trying to document the behaviors of the strange creatures thank you i think what he's trying to say is relationships are important to health and so this is a totally legitimate and important question is how are we going to get the social connection that we need to be healthy and sane in a time where social connection is dangerous. Okay. I think for a while, um, people expected that video chatting could plug that gap. Right. Did it for you? Um, You know, I'm actually kind of an interesting, weird case here because I am in a long distance relationship. And Mm. so well before of all this, I've been, doing nightly video chats with my girlfriend. Oh my God. Then you have great tips on dating while not seeing someone. Yeah. I think making a point of talking every day, the, the, I've actually interviewed people in the past about how to sort of best connect with somebody over long distance. Um, One tip that I like is they said that something that tends to build trust is uh, communicating through a variety of different media. So Mm -hmm. if we're all using video chat right now, maybe it would be more satisfying if we were also sending little links to each other, but at the same time, handwriting letters. 
um, and kind of mm-hmm. trying to diversify our range of ways of communicating. Um, okay. So communicating in lots of different ways. What else? Um, doing things together while not in the same place has kind of a feeling like you're trying to replicate something in a hollow way. Um, yeah, I, it makes me feel like empty and sad and I don't like it. Yeah. Though I do have to say, and now, of course, this is not at all breaking news because everybody else uses Netflix Party now. But when I was... What's Netflix Party? Is this party? an app? Uh, yeah, it's a browser extension that lets you sync up your uh, Netflix videos with other people. Um, huh. So you can sort of, quote unquote, watch together at the same time. Hmm. Okay. And this is fun? <laughs> when you describe it like that, it sounds a little bit sad. But... yeah. I do have to say, actually trying it out for yourself, it feels better than just watching something alone. Just hearing even like the little chuckle under your friend or partner's breath as like something happens is like, it's really, it's really nice. Interesting. Okay. Another thing that sounds a little bit weird, but it actually is, bear with me, is quite satisfying, I find, is... um it's sort of sometimes called like background Skyping. You sort of set up a video chat, but instead of like having the express purpose of it being that you are having a direct face-to-face ongoing active conversation, um, you just kind of play it and let it run and go about your days. Um, Yeah. It's not going to simulate like somebody actually being there, but there's this weird kind of good fuzzy feeling that's associated with just knowing in the back of your head that someone else is kind of in a way around. That's really nice. Yeah. Okay. So those tips seem great for people who are dating, dating people Mm -hmm. who are maintaining close friendships, families, just like sort of think about different ways to be connected that aren't, you know, your once a week zoom call or whatever. Um, Say someone was starting a new relationship. Like, when is it okay to actually see each other and how? Yeah, that is a great question. It's a bit hard to answer, but I'll I'll talk you through how I've been thinking about it lately, just based on my reporting. As I've talked to public health experts about what's safe to do on a daily basis, the things that they've stressed are outdoors is almost always better than indoors. And staying apart from somebody is way safer than being close to somebody. Like those are the kind of general principles. And if we're going to go on a first date with somebody, the people I've been interviewing strongly advised against getting closer than six feet. I believe the word that one used about the the possibility of kissing someone at the end of a date is inadvisable. So (laughs) you probably want to steer clear of that for now. Um, It's an interesting gray area beyond that um, because you're getting out of the realm of strictly what's best for public health. And some people will put their love lives on hold for however long years it takes. Yeah. Um, Let's just start saying it. Let's we'll just start, start saying, saying it. Sure. years. That's <laughs> yes. what it is. Let's yep. just, we gotta, we gotta start living with it. Okay. Yes. But some people won't. And I think that after several dates, if it looks like this is actually going to be a serious relationship, I think that's a time when you would start 
having really frank conversations about who is in each of your bubbles at the moment, so to speak. Right. So, t- so t- yeah, tell me about the bubble. Yeah, the concept of the bubble is is it's referring to the group of people who you sort of regularly break all the rules of thumb of pandemic interactions with. Jim, you've mentioned this before, too, like a pod or something, like just sort of an isolation pod, and that it's like okay from a public health perspective? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if, if okay. you really wanted to keep everyone, if you really wanted to just empty the curve down to zero, all you would do is just put everyone in, in a, their own isolation pod. And then the bigger okay, the pods but now get, that we know that less... now that we know that this is years and we're going to have to see people somehow. Yeah. One suggestion is this bubble. Yeah. I mean, the safest bubble, uh, as Jim said, is is one. The safest bubble is just you. Um, bubble of one. That's going to be my memoir title. <laughs> <laughs> it's generally okay to have your household be your bubble. Your bubble is basically anybody who's interacting more closely with you. Um, so if you were to start dating somebody seriously. Um, what if you both have bubbles? Do you have to merge the bubbles or do you have to choose a bubble? It's probably not ideal to merge the bubbles. And here's where you can kind of get into the like huge number of possibilities of what somebody's bubble actually looks like. Like maybe it's mm-hmm. their roommates, maybe it's their grandma. Mm-hmm. Like so many people have so many different living situations here, but yeah, I think you would want to figure out a bubble merger that doesn't <laughs> seem overly risky. And merging bubbles is really risky. You really <laughs> want to keep them small. Um, and so I would say probably only do it if it's somebody who you really, really see yourself having a future with. The phrase right. negotiating a bubble merger is like... <laughs> Uh, peak DC dating scene. I feel you have been <laughs> subsumed by it. Um, by the culture. yeah. I also used to cover business and economics. So yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. And I mean, I think there's a super analytic way to approach this that some people will, but other people are going to probably actually get a thrill about the violation of not negotiating, of just breaking these boundaries in a way that you know, like imagine the the like the act of a first kiss right now. In this it moment. would feel very transgressive, wouldn't it? Yes, like the heightened. It, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Almost like back when you're 16 or something, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I would also just repeat the word that that public health expert told me, which I will remind you is inadvisable. Right, right. Well, and I'm also an expert, so I shouldn't be talking like that. <laughs> but it's very inadvisability is what makes it so thrilling. That's right, right. I mean, well, that's the reason that we find kissing to be significant anyway, right? It does go back to concepts of germ theory and some notion in us at least finds it, you know, gross or whatever to think of just kissing every random stranger. That's just being put under a lens right now. I mean, like, why do you not kiss everyone you meet on the lips? Or everyone who you shake their hand, why would you not kiss them on the lips? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, like, a lot of the, like, carefreeness and spontaneity that defines the early stages of a good relationship uh, is kind of being put on hold. And I think that that does make things really hard. I guess the, the thing I'd counter with is just that something that 
seems to sustain relationships for a really long period of time is really good communication. And if you are able to talk through all of these challenges and negotiate the bubble merger that pleases all stakeholders, (laughs) (laughs) then I'd say that's like a pretty good sign for your relationship. Okay, so I think I get some steps here. For dating specifically, talk, chat, do virtual hangouts. If you think you can, there's something actually worth investigating here after some research, you can see each other in person, but stay six feet away. At and least. be outside. At least mm-hmm. six feet away, be outside. But you could take a walk, you could go, like, eat simultaneously but separately. Um, then probably you do a few of those. But then at some point there becomes this question, you're going to have to decide, like, are we going to date or not, I guess. Meaning, are we going to touch? And then is it, like, before you even touch, you have to do the bubble merger? Or think about the bubble merger? (laughs) Right. You'd want to both have lawyers present, I think. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about the precise order of operations. It may depend on your specific living situation. um, Yes. Or the the nature of your bubble. When is appropriate to... Yeah. And like another layer of complexity here is that one important like turning point in a relationship is when you make it more public and Mm -hmm. this adds a whole freighted layer to that decision Um, because it's not just hey I wanted to let you all know that we're dating it's like hey I wanted to let you all let you all know that we're dating and that may put you at additional risk of contracting this virus so a really key part of like American social life in the next few months years years say it (laughs) um well definitely a few months and then maybe we'll resolve it but as people are going to start having more options of what the government says is okay for them to do in their area right people are going to diverge really widely right when it comes to what they is not going to say like no kissing ever (laughs) <laughs> or only people in, like, Texas and Wyoming are allowed to kiss. Like, you know, that's not going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, like, think of any issue and how much you and your family agree about it. And, like... I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> think about that. And and so, like, this is just another thing that I think a lot of people will just have really different philosophies about. And um, if somebody... If one of your roommates starts dating somebody that's not something you have a choice over, but at the same time, like it may make your relationship a a lot more tense. Um, I I just think there are going to be a lot of really hard conversations. I mean, there already have been, but I think there are going to be a lot more um, really hard conversations just as lockdown orders loosen and people have just a wider range of of what's available to them to do. Right. Joe. So, so last question for you, are you um, just to zoom out is, are Mm -hmm. there any useful, general frameworks for interacting with other people over the next months or years? Yeah, I think it's a simple answer and not particularly fun answer, but I really, really think erring on the side of caution is like the ultimate guiding star. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I've come away with when 
talking to public health experts recently about trying to be a social human and also trying to be as safe as you can. Um, mm-hmm. It's clear as things reopen that people are just going to start doing stuff. But just as I watch it all happen, I become worried as an observer that just because there are things people can do, that it's not necessarily the case that those are things people should do. And um, as sad as it is to say that about the socializing that, that nourishes us and sustains us, um, I do think it's, it's really important just to be cautious. Yeah. Um, When do you get to see your girlfriend again? Do you know? Yeah. In, um, in about a month. How are y'all doing it? Uh, You mean, what will our bubble look like when she comes here? I think Catherine's trying to negotiate a bubble merger here. <laughs> well, I'm just concerned. How how are you going to negotiate the bubble merger? Yeah, well, I mean, my my bubble's an easy one to merge with at the moment because I am a bubble of one uh, for the time <laughs> being. And she she actually is too, though she's going to drive up here. Got it. Can you just be shipped in an Amazon box? <laughs> And can you just what just Lysol her off and leave her outside for three days before she comes in? Yeah, we were we were discussing pneumatic tube actually. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for your merger. I hope we get the <laughs> invite. I hope we get the invite to the virtual celeb. You know. To the to the Zoom event of your bubble merger. Um, thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, I hope I was helpful. Yeah, for yeah, me. for sure, for sure. Bye, Joe. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye, bye. Want to do the credits, Jim? Wait, don't we get some after banter? What do you have anything to say? I don't know. I I, uh, I thought that um, I think that these ideas about hygiene and sexuality are, are interesting, but maybe that's more for another time. Say more, Catherine. Like... Infectious diseases shaped our entire society, right down to the way that we judge people for how they should be groomed. Still today, even when they are irrelevant. Wow. I don't know. I just hadn't thought about it like that yet. Seriously? Why don't you kiss more people on the lips? <laughs> You're good friends who you'd be really willing to share a drink with or hug. Uh, you know, some reason it's weird to kiss them on the lips for, yeah, for a lot of people. it definitely is. And yeah. that for, goes back to not wanting to spread disease. Fascinating. Letting down our well, barriers. Yeah, we should... Letting other people mm-hmm. in. I'll stop talking now. I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> this show was produced today by Alvin Mellith with help from Anna Waters and Jacqueline Landry. Write us at socialdistance at theatlantic.com or write a re- us a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, we're done. Good luck with your bubble. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.